Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige film. Today, we're talking about The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo Fincher Edition. This is the 2011 remake. We just missed the 10th anniversary of this. I'm not sure if you were aware huh. of that. Uh, I think I think it was on our calendar, but it, it, it came out over kind of the Christmas schedule. Um, came out the December of 2011. So it's it's uh, congratulations on making it 10 years. Uh, it was directed, as I said, by David Fincher. The screenplay by Steve Zalian based on the novel The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo by Stieg Larsson. That's the guy from Top Gear, right? <laughs> sure, the Stieg, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it stars Daniel Craig. You know him as James Bond. He's also got his knives out. Yeah. Uh, it uh, also stars Runa, Rooney Mara from The Social Network. And I just saw her in Nightmare Alley. Um uh, hmm. Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's newest uh, over Christmas. Yeah, I was looking at her catalog. I really have only seen her in this as a starring feature, uh, starring role, and then she's in her. But is she? I, I don't think she's like a main character because I mm. remember Amy Adams and Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. from that. But just uh, yeah, I, I didn't remember Rudy Mara too much. Um, Christopher Plummer who you might know from Malcolm X, A Beautiful Mind, also Knives Out. Stellan Skarsgård, uh, Bill from Mamma Mia. He's also big in the MCU, coming uh, from the Thor side of the universe. We saw him in Chernobyl a couple years back. Amazing. This last year, he's the evil Baron Harkonnen, Harkonnen and Dune. Uh, Miss Robin Wright, who is the Princess Bride. She also is Bruce Willis' wife in Unbreakable. She starred for many, many years. Took over the show on House of Cards, in fact. And also is kicking around uh, Themyscira and Wonder Woman. Uh, also, Goran Viznik, I think is... I don't know. He's the he's the, the, the replacement hunky doctor after um, uh, Old Boy Left ER, uh, George Clooney. Huh. Uh, they brought him in in the exact same role with the exact same kind of look and sex appeal. Uh, uh, he's Dr. Luca from ER. We also saw him as okay. the um, kind of Scientology stand-in on The Boys last season. Do you remember okay. that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, and finally, Joel Kinnaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll know him from uh, Late Stage <laughs> House of Cards, Altered Carbon, um, For All Mankind. Quite like him there. He was, uh, I think, Colonel, Colonel Flag in uh, Suicide Squad. There's yeah. a lot of other... Um, uh, Nordic actors that are very famous in the the land of uh, Eternal Winter and Constant Midnight, uh, but I'm not familiar with their work, and you probably won't be either. But uh, you can you can com- compare and contrast that on IMDb. Uh, what did you think of the girl with the dragon tattoo, Jim? Is this your first time seeing it? No, I saw it in the theater actually, uh, way back in 2011, hmm. and I remember liking it a lot. Um, I remembered certain scenes going in the second time. Um, there are some, uh, there, we should probably like put a trigger warning at the beginning of this or something. Because, oh yeah. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Holy shit. The scenes I remember from it are both seared into my mind because of their brutality. Um, and their just all around horribleness. Um, and, and so I was like remembering those scenes and going, Oh boy, this is going to be a watch. Huh? And then I also remembered, a little bit of the outcome of this, like I remembered this movie is essentially a whodunit. Um, mm-hmm. This this is a very dark, ultra serious knives out. So uh, <laughs> strap in for that. And I, I remembered some of the resolution to it. So this second time around, 
I found myself tapping my foot a lot more, um, just kind of waiting for that reveal. And interesting. I I also I don't think I was in the mood for a very serious whodunit, um, like a, a real thinker, because boy, this movie is hard to follow. Um, there are a lot of family members, and they introduce yes. them very quickly, and then they basically just refer to them by who who they are to the family, but they don't show them always when they say that. And so that's, that's I got Jiznut lost boy. I don't even know who Jiznut is. What? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I, it reminded me a lot of uh, mission impossible. The first one where it's like, I was flowing like each individual revelation felt like impactful and intricate. And I'm like, what does this have to do with the Gideon Bible again? Like right. when you get like when when you got a few connections away and I was wondering if another viewing would be rewarding or just be frustrating because it is a lot of just being ran around. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I did like it because this really captured. Like a real cold case, almost fourth dimensional jigsaw puzzle mm-hmm. that they're trying to solve with like reference photos and diary entries and trying to track down people from across the street. That's also taking a picture so they could get like that stuff felt like, like chronolog, like, like a time traveling detective almost. And I, I'm not quite Uh seen something like that before. And and it's a very old cold case as well. It's 40 years in the past. So oldest of cases, a lot of the people who are involved in that or had firsthand knowledge are dead at this point. So there are a lot of dead ends, right? Literal dead ends. A lot of skeletons in the family's closet. Like it felt like fully half of them were highly involved Nazis, uh, <laughs> right. and you know that 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 uh, hid from the the Hague, um, yeah. just chilling in Sweden. Or wait, so it was is it, is it Sweden? Oh, uh, yes, this takes place in okay. Sweden because they gotcha. talk about Stockholm all the time. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, watching it the second time through, I think knowing a little bit of the plot diminished the enjoyment of the pure enjoyment of just trying to track the story and figure out who done it. Right. And maybe that's just, that's just how who done it's are. Um, mystery movies don't have as much rewatchability because it relies on your lack of information. It relies on your ignorance to, to create interest. So Mm. yeah, second time through when you remember some of the plot, it's probably not going to be as good. And I found that was the case this time. And I did feel like the first time through, they did a really good job of keeping me guessing because I kept on like, I was always suspecting Christopher Plummer. Sure. Uh, I was always expecting like Stellan Skarsgård. Like I, every time we met, like, oh, you're the motherfucker mm-hmm. or like, you know. Um, I was always suspecting the Nazis, obviously. <laughs> And I did get like it's it, they also got me some some twists and turns because like uh, I felt like halfway through the movie, I started to get the inkling that, well, I can't talk too much about it because it's spoilers, right? Yeah, not yet. We'll OK, um, this movie looks great, but very frosty. Like they're very. all of the warmth has been completely drained from this movie. Like they started with the Matrix palette and they're like, you know what? Too much greens, too much greens. <laughs> Get all the greens out of there. Uh, and it's just left like it's just just frost on a pane of glass. Yeah. Which suits. Uh, uh, I don't know about Daniel Craig because he's he's more of a, you know, perpetually t- tanned and ruddy kind of guy. But like it really suits uh, Runa Mar- uh, Mara's uh, um character in in this mm-hmm. uh what's her name east not uh isabel uh, uh it, yeah i think it's it L- lis elizabeth 
Elizabeth, Le- yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, a, a lot of these like are that. like, yeah, Swedish names that are almost like, uh, yeah, some English names, but yeah, I don't know. She is so pale and thin, and with her dyed blonde eyebrows and like yeah. uh, choppy, short, uh, dark bangs, like she, she, uh, a little Edward Scissorhands in in the effect, but it it suits the the you know, the, the color palette. And I guess they did a lot of filming in Sweden. So they had that kind of like really gray, you know, um, low, low angle, uh, sunlight, uh, to work with. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it, it, it did have a very unique and, and cool kind of look and feel that's, that suited the, the kind of grim dark plot of this movie. Yeah. Um, the performances are very great. Uh, they'd spend a lot of time just kind of letting you, you know, uh, there's a lot of time in this movie spent researching a lot. Like this is like, this movie must like just be porn for librarians and like research <laughs> assistants, because it's a lot yeah. of people Googling and then going to libraries and looking at microfish and f- pulling up documents and stuff. But, um, these people are very interesting and, 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 and fun to look at because you just spend a lot of time watching them kind of come to realizations and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and then the squirm factor, like, um, they get up to some saw type shit and it seems like that's one of the questions I have is like they elaborately construct these scenarios so where you feel I think good that the good guys or gals in this case get revenge on the people but it's like you know they're they're trying to make you feel good about like essentially stuff that happens in saw or seven and uh, that's like my least favorite type of entertainment to, to, to interface with so I was just like cringing and so many different scenes, so many different uh, uh, near murder torture scenes in this movie. Um, what yeah. else? I, I, I guess we should also, if we're going to talk non-spoiler stuff, we'd be remiss to not talk about the soundtrack. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, made by a couple of guys who have become pretty well known in the original score for like television and movies at this point. Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Um they've done a lot of memorable stuff lately. The most recent thing I can think of is Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did the, the music for that and it was fantastic. But apparently they've been doing it for a lot longer than I realized because I didn't know that was them. But I think the social network was their start and then this uh-huh. is Venture kind of getting the band was literally a year back before. together again. Yes, yeah. yeah. And uh, like where you might not expect... Um, Trent Reznor to like really interface with a, a a social network, a Facebook movie. This is like fits his style, like hand in glove. Oh yeah, very dark, very industrial. Uh, they kick things off with like a, a remix of the immigrant song from Led Zeppelin that just kicks so much fucking ass. Yeah, with Karen O doing the vocals and yeah, she's fantastic. I. Yeah I, yeah, I was super impressed. If there was somebody who I would elect to replace, uh, what is it, Jimmy Page, Robert mm. Plant, whichever one of them is a lead singer, I can't remember. It's her, because damn, she's good. And the credit sequence was really like almost James Bond-esque in its lavishness and uh, commitment to the bit, you know? If if James Bond did uh, a movie, that, and maybe this has happened, maybe this is true, uh, a movie that focused solely on oil, this would be the intro, right? Like you'd have a lot of. Surely, I, th- I feel like one of the Brosnan eras bonds was all about oil Maybe? pumps and Derricks. There was and, one about diamonds. Nudes. 
nude girls popping out of crude oil and things. I I don't know. You might be a right. Lot of, a lot of those Bronzenins are like very like the the evil villain was Ted Turner in one of them. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right, a newspaper like, yeah. mogul. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. So uh, yeah, and I've only seen those other ones once. Golden Eye is awesome, but. So I guess we should get into the spoiler section, but first I'll talk about the uh, the setup of this movie. If you're not familiar with it, if you're going in kind of blind like I was, this is an adaptation of a, a, a Swedish book series, um, and it's all 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 the original trilogy has already been made into films in its native land of Sweden. Uh, this is the American remake, and it features a story about a young woman who is in her early twenties. She's a ward of the state for reasons unknown. So she's kind of got like limited control of her finances and limited autonomy. She's also a very talented hacker in a sense of like not just computers, but just social engineering, um, you know, finding weaknesses in any kind of human systems and and penetrating them. Uh, She is assigned to research uh, Daniel Craig, who is a kind of a muckraking journalist who might have bit off more than he can chew. And he just is fresh off a libel suit that this uh, multi-billionaire won against him. Uh, she is hired by a wealthy uh, Swedish industrialist uh, to find out what uh, his background to see if he can be trusted to investigate the family's deepest, darkest secret, the murder 40 years ago of his 16 year old niece uh, that, that he misses and has fond memories. And as an added bit of mystery every year, since she's gone missing on the anniversary of her birthday, or I guess just on her birthday, <laughs> he receives a present that she like this, this uh, particular plant in, in a, a, pl- a pressed glass presentation. He's gotten 40 years worth of these things and he thinks it's the killer taunting it. And because of the circumstances of death, he's almost certain that someone from in his inner circle, probably even his family is responsible for a disappearance and murder. Uh, these two characters are completely unconnected until and have a completely parallel course until somewhere in, a ha- in, in the midpoint of the movie, uh, they cross paths and start working on this research project together. Because that's what this is. This is a murder mystery, but it's not like these aren't cops. They don't have any ability to subpoena or, you know, they have to just essentially go through public records and, and go through interview people and. And, and put the case together uh, across 40 years and, and try to find out what happened to this girl and give this old man some peace. Um, and man, there are so many twists and turns that make people feel uh, like look guilty, if even if they're not guilty. Um, nothing felt too red herringy. It, uh, everything felt very important. And it's just mm-hmm. I think it comes together really nicely at the end in, in a very menacing way. Um, and then there's like a 30, 40 minute epilogue. Uh, after the the main actions uh, uh, finishes, which I wasn't ready for, I, and I was kind of like, yeah. okay, I'm kind of ready to check check out. Mm-hmm. But that was is like almost like you get a bonus Ocean's Eleven uh, heist action after the main action. Yeah, at some point in the spoilers, I do want to talk about that, th- particularly that, like when you think it's over, it's not actually over. Yeah, you got another half a movie left. It did mm-hmm. feel like a movie and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's based the, from the novel structure. Okay, what do you? Where do you want to start first? I, I don't know. I always want to start at the end because it's the most interesting part that I'm itching to talk about. But we can't start there. That's crazy. Uh, we maybe could. we should start we with whatever the, the fuck we want. Some of the awards it won, or at okay. least the one that it won, uh, best editing. I I do think this is a pretty well edited movie. Um, I always appreciate a a well constructed 
simultaneous realization. Uh, and this movie does that very well, uh, especially uh, spoilers when when we get to the part where uh, what's Stellan Skarsgård? What's his his character's name? Martin. When Martin, yeah. the information about Martin is revealed simultaneously to both of these characters, I think that's pretty In well two done. different places working on two different sets of data. Like, yeah, right. Coming to the same conclusion for for sort of the same reason, but d- different. Yeah, like you said, different sets of data. It's it's really cool. And for a two two hour forty minute movie, there's not a lot of fat. Like, yeah, I agree. You know, you you do have digressions, but that's in every mystery. You know, because if it's just a straight line to the end, it would be kind of boring and predictable. So there's a yeah. lot of like rabbit holes that are that to go down that seem promising, uh, only to meet like with well, it can't be this guy because this guy died and there's still killings. And um, so I, I thought that. He, I am actually surprised at one editing because I wasn't wise as watching thing like, oh, man, I'm blown away by the editing. But, yeah, it is. It is pretty good, especially on a movie this long. It uh, isn't it's flashy, but it's just very well done. Yeah. Um, uh, let me ask you, you said there's not a lot of fat on this movie. All, all the stuff that deals with uh, Lisbeth's background um, and her experiences before she gets together with Daniel Craig is that is that I, I get that that's characterization but that feels mm-hmm. like the closest thing to fat in this movie like did I really need those scenes with her uh, administrator because um, those are some of the most horrible scenes in the movie as far as like sitting there and watching those things happen well it's weird because like um, it feels like Daniel Craig's character is the main character in this film I think he uh-huh. is but like I don't know if that's true about the book and like right. uh, the ongoing trilogy, I think centers around Elizabeth. So yeah, I think you have to. And also um, if they didn't establish a lot of the stuff about her background, a lot of the things of the, with her eventual relationship with Daniel Craig would be so much weirder and like, you know, um, a lot more like she would be kind of like just a, a, a bond girl. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we got a we got a kinky leather Bond girl uh, for Daniel Craig on this adventure um, and giving her a little bit more depth of that and making her seem, you know, like much more of a badass. But I, I did question that, too. Like you had to deeply victimize this woman in just a god awful way, like a hard to watch scene to set up her like epic revenge on the same guy. And it's like. One of those things where, I mean, I don't know, like I, this is, uh, maybe I need to get over my own discomfort. I can see it both ways because like I've seen male protagonists go through God awful dehumanizing shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Rambo submerged in a leech filled pig piss shit pit, you know, and being tortured with car batteries hooked up to his nipples and shit. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> Sure. That's a a tried and true is just a completely physically, uh, you know, Lawrence of Arabia gets gets, uh, uh, you know, it's a a classier scene, but he gets he gets raped in a Turkish prison. Um, It's it's a tried and true way to be like, okay, I don't care what they do to the bad guy. It's going to be, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Django Unchained. If you want to have like just a blood soaked uh, same thing with the glorious bastards, if you want just an un uh, just an unhinged uncomfortable revenge scene then you got to set it against yeah. the worst people possible same right? thing with john wick sure 
John Wick. Well, yeah, a guy he kills his puppy for no reason. Yeah, right. It's it's it sets up that, but it is it is. I don't I don't know. I guess it's not my place to have a real strong opinion on it. It, it yeah. but it was like one where I'm like, man, is this? Especially since I'm not really into that kind of like crazy torture bondage shit. Um, I, I I did wonder if it was worth the uh, payoff. Um, but I, it, I guess but, I never quite I never quite understood in a nuanced way what her issues were. Like I understand the the torment that she's been through, and I understand that that create strange reactions to things um, at, at when, at the point that she meets like Daniel Craig, but like when they have sex for the first time, I'm not really sure why that happened. I agree. I and, think and, that and so like, I didn't feel informed by those scenes as much as I felt like it, I, I should have known more. I should have understood better what was going on with her based on how much time they spent setting that up. And I don't feel yeah. like the movie did a good job with that. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing because I was looking, I was noticing her like from the very beginning when, you know, he knocks on her apartment and like barges into you can see like, oh, this is just going to trigger the shit out of her. This like um, assertive man coming into her life and being like, no, I can't wait. I need to come in. I need to like, um, but you can kind of see like he's all business. Like, you know, uh, when he kind of hovers over her shoulder, she's kind of like require is is wary of him. But then she realizes he's not trying to look down. He's just like locked into the data and he doesn't write. Give a and shit she about knows him intimately, right? She's he's not she, a stranger because she's already done a full background check. So like, I right. think it, it's all so she knows he's safe or as safe as she can know someone to be. And it's all about like um, just her physical comfort with with. The, and yeah. then there's a couple of exchanges of energy where I, I noticed uh, there seemed to be like a big exchange of energy when she's sewing him up, you know, uh-huh. like, uh, you know, this is kind of like somehow related to her getting a tattoo over her injuries. Like, you know, this is some kind of pain connection that she's, she's making with this guy and him submitting yeah. to her like that in that way, like letting her take care of her. Like I think is what did the sexual alchemy to where she felt comfortable jumping into bed with him. Um, I, I think you're right. I just, I, I wasn't picking up exactly what exactly why it was happening there. Um, but yeah, and you then, could be right. But but like I also thought there were some things because a lot of this can be uh, understood uh, quickly and easily understood by she's a very damaged twenty three year old woman mm-hmm. so you know uh, yeah but did I need like, forty puzzling. minutes of of torture and rape scenes to tell me that or sure sure yeah. sure but like at the end like I was also confused by why she was put off by his relationship with Robin Wright which she knew about like right and you know i thought like she would be the one to kind of be like well i mean yeah this is just a fling and we have a professional relationship and it's kind of like exactly exactly she made it exactly the same like you know uh when he's like i don't know if this is a good idea she's like well it's a you know you worked with this other lady that you smash bits with so how is this any different and i Daniel Craig doesn't know, but I'd be like, well, there's tons of trauma. There's a a massive age difference. There's like, but, but, but yeah, by the end of the movie, she's a billionaire, uber badass uh, hacker that can handle herself. And she gets him a nice jacket and she's going to give him a Christmas present. And then she sees him walking out arm in arm with Robin Wright and mischaracterizes their relationship and just decides to give up. I wasn't sure. And I guess that's like, that's a hook for the next film, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 
I imagine that they're like is a little bit will they won't they because they establish that. Well, I mean, it's a weird will they won't they. It's I guess it's will they won't they actually have a relationship that matures beyond just an occasional banging professional relationship. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but there's a lot of question marks. Yeah, I'm not sure how much time passes after this this thing happens. It feels like maybe a week, um, but you know she's kind of sort of moving into his place I, 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 yeah i don't know i don't it's know it's so weird that the movie reversed course so hard just based on the one scene of him seeing him and robin uh, uh, right which uh, you're right though it's obviously setting up something in the next movie but I but i also that say that um i feel like a lot of the tension in the film was generated just by having these two strong protagonists that the movie was spending lavish time building up their characters on completely separate, unconnected arc. And just you are like, I, I'm just wondering like, how is this going to connect? Yeah. How is this going to connect? Like what is going to be the thing that like brings these two together? Cause if not, this is feeling, but like, I feel like that is a meta level of tension that the movie is engaging in that like that you've got these two completely disconnected stories that like um, for various reasons, she might have a few pieces of the puzzle that he doesn't have, et cetera, et cetera. Also mm-hmm. a very volatile type of, you could see them like how they'd be very volatile uh, if they got together and you know, they're going to at some point, right? They have to. Well, and the, and the like, movie tells you, don't worry, they will because she investigates him at the very beginning. Right. So they're already tenuously connected. But that was just, go about that, that's just like a, that, that felt like the introductory of a bond scene that we just like kept following like uh-huh. one of those, you know, like, like uh, a, a dude. So it's like, like James Bond blows up a, a Russian chemical factory and we happen to follow the janitor of the chemical factory past the intro. Yeah. You know, cause they have that's like big and, and then it's like, it's like, it's like maybe two or three minutes long and then he hits you with the intro and then they completely go away from James Bond to the other James Bond for like 30 minutes. And you know, they're uh-huh. like, Oh yeah, she's, and then this guy has a like there's a lot of stuff that I didn't understand the significance of like this old guy having a stroke and like what kind of predicament that's going to put her in. But I, I don't think there's a problem that the the movie it's just I was kind of like really almost frustrated to get those two connected and, and, and have the movie fully engaged. And it, it takes a long time. It's like half the movie's runtime happens with these guys completely unconnected in the plot. Yeah, I I think if I were to try and explain the guardianship boardship thing going on here and and the administrator's involvement, I I think what happens is she's under the guardianship of this old guy who plays chess Mm -hmm. with her. And then he has a stroke and he is unable to continue being her guardian. So she reverts back to the state. And then this administrator. He's a state guardian. It's just that he kind of like must have gotten in there sometime in her teenage years and kind of understood that's like because the movie doesn't really tell you all of her deal, uh-huh. you know, but like this guy must have like seen that, uh, you know, she's gotten a bad break and she's like, you know, the there there is all this antisocial behavior and violent behavior, but it's like directed towards people that probably deserve it. And exactly. it's a situation that's completely understandable. So he's not punishing her where this other this other fucker is entirely constructed from a lab to make her raping the shit out of him and tattooing him and, and blackmailing him completely socially acceptable in anyone's book. Oh, sure. Like, yeah, you have to, you have to make this the worst guy 
and like in just from the way he looks and the way he dresses and the way like like everything about him is gross and creepy and and that's before he starts doing the really gross creepy stuff sure you yeah know, just the way he treats her like a child you know and like you know it's like oh i'm not gonna be as uh relenting as your other guy and he's uh blah 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 and then then the really crazy shit starts happening um but I don't know. It felt like, uh, you know, have we ever talked about Dan Harmon's Monopoly guy theory of comedy? It's I like think he, so. He, it's like, you know, that, that guy in Ace Ventura 2 that's dressed like the Monopoly man exists solely so Jim Carrey can come in there and be like, you must be the Monopoly guy. Everybody laughs. Yeah, he looks just like him. Well, no shit. You're dressed in like the Monopoly man. Mm-hmm. Like this guy's the Monopoly man of revenge female empowerment fantasies she's entirely constructed like i don't believe a guy like this in the social services would exist like that that's i i don't know maybe maybe i don't know there's such a power imbalance there that it does feel like and and how is it how is a person like how she had this kindly mentor for so many years and she's still stuck and like why hasn't he done the things she suggests like getting gotten her psychological evaluation so that she can get off like why yeah. it, like like it feels like yeah he might have been nice but like hell he still kept her on the dole i don't know the whole situation just seemed again constructed so that when the audience sees her just uh brutalize this guy they're gonna be like yeah fuck yeah instead of like oh like they, they just sure. don't want anyone to think at any time like oh is this going a little too far and they but like again it that guy just didn't feel real to me gotcha but maybe uh, he just completely misunderestimated or uh, underestimated, you know, uh, what what this woman is capable of. Clearly, he did. Yeah, and I mean, it, insofar as it is the Monopoly guy revenge uh, fantasies, this totally worked for me because yeah, I hated this guy and I felt like everything he got was justified. Uh, so yeah, I don't have a problem. Like, I, I'm not someone who worries about like, Oh, is this scene going to be too much or something? Like I'll watch just about any scene as long as it makes sense, as long as it's well-made. Um, and so like, I, I do remember this, these scenes searing into my consciousness. Like these are two of the scenes that I remember from the movie. The only other thing I remembered, it was like Martin stuff. So clearly like they, they accomplished their goal. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I felt like, they they would be warranted in a movie that needed more or, or a, a movie that like made more of a point to help me understand who this character is and why she does the thing she does later in the movie. Yeah, I just don't. All I felt here was the revenge. All I felt here mm-hmm. was like, this is a broken person. Mm-hmm. This is someone who's been abused. This is someone who has gotten the shit into the stick throughout her entire life. But I, it didn't inform her decision-making process to me. It just informed, like, how she felt about people. What do you mean about her decision-making process? Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, like, like for instance, um, when she does finally connect to Daniel Craig, I'm not exactly sure what it was about that that, that made her connect to him. Is it she, she knew him already? Is that she... Like, he was showing vulnerability. He wasn't trying to, you know do anything terrible to her. I, oh, for I mean, it's all of those, then, but I, I never felt like there, there was a true understanding of that character in, in the film. They also for me. showed that I feel like that they, they also showed that the, she views sex differently. 
than um, I don't know if I'd say like the majority of people, but a lot of people, you know, like uh, sex to her is more like, uh, you know, eating food. Sure. You know, like yeah, just, uh, she's, uh, thing she's, to she's, do. she's got a, a happy meal. If she can get it, she'll get a steak. But like because uh, uh, like they just have string of one night stands. We see her undertake until she gets to. So like I don't think and, and they, they also play a lot with like inversion of traditional gender roles in this movie. Like Daniel Craig very much plays a damsel in distress. He's the one yeah. that is like, you know, when Skarsgård at the end is talking about like, you know, why don't people listen to their instincts? Why don't people, you know, he explicitly draws a connection to him, to all of his female victims that was taken in by his charm, but knew something was wrong and they got in anyway because they're afraid. Um, and, you know, she's the one that kind of like she explicitly saves his life mm-hmm. from the bloodthirsty rapist. Um, and when Skarsgård says, I've never had a man in here before. It, yeah and he's kind of like thrown by that right it's it's a different thing yeah they're they're like deliberately like i won't say feminizing daniel craig but they're putting him in mm-hmm. that like traditional kind of like slasher uh role yeah and i feel like with her like attitude towards sex and stuff like that is like a very like she's the james bond in the situation where she's like impu- impulsively casually go in, in getting into a sexual relationship without regard to what this is going to mean in the future and i don't know uh like and I said, she feels she feels more physically intimidating than daniel craig does in this movie which is saying oh, a lot they, because like every time tiny, they're having right? sex she's pinning him to the bed and biting his nipples and grinding the fuck out like out of, like you know like it's yeah. it's a very she's 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 uh like like the aggressor in the relationship and she's the one kicking ass like when her bag gets snatched uh oh. and she goes after that dude and just kicks his ass on the escalator that, oh, i'm glad you brought that up because was that connect i i had it in notes is like is this going to connect to the main plot because like I, did she just get robbed or was I think so. Just, I think it was a random encounter, and because they're talking about like how she's that. got a violent past in in yeah. the scene prior, and then she goes yeah. and does this. But and, like, I don't think running down someone who stole your purse and beating the shit out of them and taking it back is like a violent like. If like, I, I agree, but like, how would this asshole see it? Right, this is just yet another thing. Like, or this if the creates cops tension, or if witnesses were like trying to like see who is, especially when she looks like right. Uh, a create like she she looks like a, an extra from the Matrix, you know. Yeah, there she will be a bizarre. ton of prejudice against yeah. her. And, and there's nothing and, wrong with that, but you got to understand uh-huh. when you go through society looking like the weirdest of the monkeys, uh, the other monkeys are going to comment on it. So, like, yeah, right. like I, I imagine she doesn't get many benefits of the doubt when it comes to because uh, police are going to always think it's oh, it's like oh, she must be hooking or this has got a, a drug deal gone bad. And then they once they figure out that you're a drug dealer, or a prostitute, they stop seeing you as a, a human being or certainly right. as a victim or as an yeah. innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're no longer a civilian there. So yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. Um, I felt the tension in that scene for sure. I was like, God damn. Yes. Get your bag back. But Oh no, this but could I cause problems. Also, she got, they, they stole that fancy piece of digital hacking equipment that she had Did to they? kind of intimidate. I thought that was like going to be a plot point, but she ends up getting another one. Cause, cause she goes to like this, uh, off the books hacker guy and underpays him for oh, it. Oh, and then she has to go to her administrator and say, I need money for the laptop. Right. That's what, yeah. that's what causes that. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Oh, it damages her laptop and she needs a new one. That's right. what's a, so I think it is just a snatch and grab. It just happened to smash her, her, her laptop. Yeah. 
Okay. Makes sense. Um, man, this, the main plot of this reminded me so much of mission impossible, uh, down to the obscure Bible quotes being, <laughs> I, okay. And I still don't understand because I thought like, you know, there's these random initials and numbers and people thought it was like people in the town and phone numbers. And they, they went back. There's this great scene where, you know, this is the white whale for this cop. This is the one that's like stuck in his craw. Like it's the one that haunts him. And he's like, you know, I've gone through. And then when his, uh, uh, when Daniel Craig's like uh, Bible school daughter, uh, comes over just and that's like that's another like she's she felt created in the writer's mind to be the the, the play this role right yeah um, she comes in and says oh I you know don't, you go easy on the Catholics like, what are you talking about you got all these scriptures wrote it down I thought they were like that these were all going to be like you know LV a number but they're not they're still people's initials and phone numbers where is where were the Bible verses the cat coming in dude i couldn't tell you because he goes and he looks up like leviticus 20 21 and or something and i'm like i don't see that anywhere here and they're all descriptions of sacrifices like you know sure. you take the high priest a bird and he nips its head off and rips off its wings and burn oh this lady got her head cut off and her arms take correspond to yeah the physicality the of the murder but death not yeah. not to the names or numbers as best i could tell i don't know I how he knew which ones to look up Right. And to this day, I still don't know why the fuck the Gideon Bible had anything to do with Angelina Jolie's dad being evil. Well, because they were Jews and like they all had Jewish names right from the Old Testament, except there's a Lena in there. I don't remember a Lena. Okay, I thought you were talking about Mission Impossible. I'm like, Jews, what the fuck? No, 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 in this. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. In this. But ultimately, I, I don't. I. I don't know how that was really connected. Is it because Martin's dad was a Nazi? Well, or Martin's a Nazi. Martin's a Nazi, right? He just played. He just didn't wear it on his sleeve like the other two Nazis well, in the no, family did. I think, I think <laughs> that he just generally like he was more of just a misanthrope. Like he hated uh-huh. everyone, and maybe especially degenerates. Like he it seemed like he. Uh, no, I guess he did target like migrant trash and sex workers is what I think he said, you know, um, yeah. a less kind way to say that. Um, and he did, he's the one that left a swasta cat. Oh, <laughs> I get a whole, uh, uh-huh. yeah. So I guess he, yeah, that's pretty Nazi. If you murder, uh-huh. if you dismember a cat and arrange its body parts in the form of a swastika, then that's not just, just generalized <laughs> uh, hatred towards humanity that you got. Maybe he was trying, trying to create a, a swastika shaped red herring. I don't know, man. And they got like, it's like, oh, just such a pitiful tale because they made it clear that like this, his father abused the hell out of him. Yeah. Like sexually and otherwise. And then when you finally meet, is it Harriet? Who is the, the niece that took that did manage to escape? Uh, I think it was Anna. Uh, uh, mm, I, I don't now, remember her name. Of, this but is she, the part of the movie where I felt like I was finally making connections. Like, you know, well, it's because the movie out, comes out and just lays it all on the table for you and shows you but, and points to yeah, everything and was, says, this is that and this is this. And <laughs> I was at least but, 60 but with you. ahead of some of these reveals. Like, and that's, I think that's the sweet spot to be in a murder mystery. Like, you don't want to be like the whole time being like, uh, oh, I see where this is going. You want to be like either realizing at the exact same time a main character's realization or maybe a couple of seconds but but like i yeah. just like in in like this inspiration put together 
oh, this is the guy who drowned in the river under mysterious circumstances. That's this guy. That's this guy's dad. And she killed him just as like 30 seconds before she's going to run you through everything that happened. Yeah. Um, and then when they made the realization, like, she's like, oh, man, imagine being 16 years old and you beat this guy down and you're like, you think you escape. And she looks up and she sees the son looking at her and she realizes, oh, my God, I've just exchanged one oppressor for another. And it's um, never going to be over. Yeah, never that, that was the over. line that got me. Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, the, and, and she was that her grandpa or her uncle? Uh, Christopher I, Plummer. Oh, her uncle, her great uncle, great uncle. Okay, yeah. And um, that's the other thing I thought was interesting that she didn't know that she could trust him uh, because what he would think about him killing her, his nephew, I guess, or maybe brother's son. What I guess that'd be brother, brother, brother. Yeah, 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 brother. Um, so she had to leave the family, and uh, but she still had enough. But she said enough love and affection to send him the the press glasses and the flowers. Also, uh-huh. also, okay. Now that I'm warming up to nitpicking. <laughs> there's a scene where Christopher Plummer is like, uh, here's the you know she's a 16 year old girl. Here's the gifts I got when she was still alive, and here's the 40 I've gotten since. And I'm like, as a one year old girl, she's giving you pressed flowers, like like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, maybe when she decided it was the cool thing to do when she was twelve or thirteen, she went back and backfilled a whole bunch of birthdays. But like, sure. there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way <laughs> yeah, you got sixteen of these pressed flowers from this this girl, dude. No, or it's or it's a mom been giving them to you, not her. But like, uh, right. an infant cannot press flowers. I don't care what they say. I thought they did a good job of showing like the the t- like like Harriet was really caught between like wanting to trust her uncle and also you know knowing how many hidden Nazis there are in the family and like how gross the, some of the aspects of the family could be and you know how you know, if you you bet wrong it's your ass you'll never escape so why not why not escape just just make your escape yeah I mean I I. I think everything made sense. I think everything was satisfying in the end, but also, I, I don't know. I remembered the Martin stuff, but I didn't remember any of the other resolution that, you know, this woman actually was Harriet and she'd been disguised as her the whole time. And I, and so when they just lay it all out, like I was very confused with the whole thing. Um, and then when they lay it all out at the end, I'm like, well, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't delivered in a very satisfying way, even if the resolution makes sense and I understand it. Because uh, maybe I was just one step behind on all that other stuff. And I was waiting so long for the Martin stuff to reveal itself because I knew that was coming. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. when I saw that there was 45 minutes left in the movie, I go, oh, boy, there's something about this movie I just don't remember. Yeah. And it was the the heist at the end. I want to I stay uh-huh. with the main plot because I... I also thought they did a good job with the red herrings being organic for like, uh, you know, like the old man just has a stroke or something that briefly incapacitates him. And then now suddenly everyone who is so helpful about arranging money and access is suddenly like, you got to get the fuck out of here. This guy's in the hospital. He might not have long to live. None of us are interested in, in reopening all these old wounds and, and opening up all these claw- Um, But it also makes him feel sinister, right? Like when this guy's house manager suddenly wants to cut him off of funds and stuff, it makes him seem like, oh, you're covering something up. Or when the old lady at the hospital starts 
you know, cast and shade about uh, the old man. Like, it's like, oh, what you must be covering up for one of your. And I think she is actually, if you do all the math, right. Um, yeah. And simultaneously they're they've got Stellan Skarsgård doing everything in his power to be nice and to help Daniel Craig in his investigation. Which he was like my my least suspected guy going into the final bit of this the thing. By design, right? I mean, the yeah. fact that he is overly helpful, the fact that he will go out of his way to get information like to suggest, "Hey, uh Heinrich or whatever his name was would have wanted this." information in daniel craig's hands let's give it to him and frode's over there going no 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 yeah it's so obvious in retrospect (laughs) that they just make him such a good guy that he would be the bad guy um and he's a good because he he's really good at playing a good guy he's my favorite of the dads on mama mia i always thought he was really good in the avengers um Mm -hmm. But he also has a real menacing thing that he can a gear that he can go to where he just For like sure. turns on those dead mackerel eyes. And um, what was I, I there's something else I wanted that was bothering me about this mystery that. Oh, so speaking of um, speaking of uh, pet detectives, there's this point where they're making the realization he's realizing something about Martin and he keeps paging between that blurry photo of him turning away and the nurse or whoever like this 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 uh, woman college thing and he kept on going mm-hmm. back and forth back and forth I'm like oh my god is this going to be a fucking uh, a, a, a Dan Marino laces out situation are they like is this is going to be like some kind of like and I'm like oh Jesus Christ how, how, what no what and then that they didn't I don't know I actually don't know what they were trying to tell me I don't understand the connection between that black and white photo of the lady and young Martin <laughs> I didn't. It, it's it's all about the the insignia on his jacket yeah and how it connects to Lena I think it's it is the, who went, he went to school one, with, who was one, one of the murderers. Helped. Oh, was she one of the ones that got murdered, or was she the one that helped her escape? I thought she had, was the one that got the, murdered. The okay, okay. All right. Yeah, I think the one who helped Harriet escape was her sister, who she was pretending to be after her sister died 20 years ago in a car accident. I... I don't get it. Yeah, the, the person that helped her escape, I, I thought that was the connection to the black and white photo. And it might be. It, it might, might be. be. Yeah. But I, I was like going down like, oh, my God, this is going to be a was it Ein, a, a Finkel or Einhorn or mm-hmm. yeah, Finkel, Finkel is, is Einhorn. Einhorn. Yeah. Ah, Einhorn yes. Is Finkel, I was like, oh, sure. God, no, we're not doing that, are we? Yeah. And then Stellan Skarsgård is going to go take it. to show up looking like shower. Buffalo Bill and women is like, no, God. Right. Uh, but no, that didn't happen. Um did you think Daniel Craig had an almost comically slow reaction to being shot? Uh, no, I didn't notice. Because like the gunshot happens and like the brick by his head explodes, and he just like I felt like it's almost like Steve Martin and and the jerk. Like <laughs> you know, get away from the masonry walls. They're crazy. He's like completely yeah. I don't. Um, and I that that was also weird. He was so Stellan Skarsgård is going to just blow this guy's brains out, and now he's trying to scare him off. Oh, he was so well. He missed no, it okay. Perp- so, so, so there's a line in here that confused me because I thought he yeah. was trying to scare him off. I thought he was like trying to end this investigation so he wouldn't be caught. 
But the then, last thing you want is to murder this famous inge- investigative journalist who's been hired to investigate and journal, you know? Right. And who who's on the family grounds, uh, whose lover is also part of the, the magazine and knows True. that he's up yeah. here on this yeah, island yeah, yeah. with his family. Yeah. Who knows what information he's got in some kind of Dropbox, a dead man switch right? kind of thing. You know? But there's a line in it later where he says, when they're talking about this shot, he's like, oh, it's it's a hard shot to hit. It's an even harder shot to miss. And Daniel Craig's like, it didn't work. You didn't scare me off. And he's like, it did work. You're here. Yeah. And I like that kind of bit my noodle in a way that it wasn't prepared for. But you're a hard shot, but a hard shot to miss. But I think I was thinking more of like emotionally he was bummed out that he didn't kill the guy. But I think you're saying like it was a very tricky shot not to kill you. Yes. And and he wanted to lure him into this basement to because to that's him where you there. can just make him disappear. Right. Like if he gets him in that, like that thing is set up to murder people without anyone finding out. Um, he's been doing it for decades, right? Four yeah. years. So. And that's the other thing. It's like, I was just screaming at Daniel Craig, like, do not let this man take you to a second location, dude. You are <laughs> right. outside like this. And and, and it's funny because like Star- Skarsgård laid it out. It's like you would rather be more socially uncomfortable than be safe. Because like I was yeah. like, yeah, I would have been like, peace, Martin. Talk to you tomorrow. You know, got to yeah. put a lot of land between you and me now. Uh, probably going to cross the bridge. Probably going to go. <laughs> yeah, like I. Uh, I'm with you. It was not smart. Uh, one of the things that struck me when he does get down in the the kill room and he's got him hanging, you know, in this weird neck brace thing. I I don't know, just kind of holding him, dangling him off the ground here. Uh huh. Uh, the house is so ultra modern. It's like you know, clean Swedish lines everywhere, and the furniture and the design box. Yeah. And then you get into the basement here, and he's using a VHS camcorder to film these things. Dude, it's 2011. We have the technology to get a much higher resolution. Like, if you want to wank it later to your kill videos, probably don't need to do it on VHS. He's like he's like uh, those guys that insist on using a typewriter. You know, they started their careers. Uh, yeah, and, uh, like you know, there's something about sliding that VHS tape in there, and <laughs> sure, and the grain that gets me hard. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 1968. Like he probably had a. He might have had a VHS camcorder if they were ultra rich. Sure. I wonder when he got started murdering. Did he like, I, I, cause I was trying to think of like, did he join his dad on any of those adventures or they make it sound like he definitely knew what his dad was up to. Cause he talks about his dad mm. just leaving bodies everywhere. Right. And not being careful. And I get the impression that the abuse of his sister started up just immediately. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. As so, he so died, he was a yeah. teenager. He he was yeah. very young. Huh. I don't know when the killing started, but certainly those tendencies were there. It was funny, like the the way this guy's house is, like you said, that clean, you know, IKEA bedroom, glass side. It is. It's 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 a funny concept of Daniel Craig trying to hide from this guy uh-huh. in a house. It's essentially a gla- just it's just a glass container. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do it, man. No. Um. So the other thing is like, did he? was his fatal mistake the fact that he trusted his guards to like be keep a sharp lookout on this girl because like i think that he was counting on them to call him when she left so that she could meet him and they didn't like they made a big point of like her just putting the guard the guards were in nowhere to be found 
And did he just like miscalculate on how lazy his guards were or how serious his guards were about guarding her or. Yeah. Mu- must've been, I, I don't know. Cause there's a scene where she goes out and gets like vending machine coffee and a snack and the guard is watching her. And I can't tell if that's her casing the guard trying to lose his tail her tail yeah huh. i i can't tell how smart she's being in this scenario if she like knew when the guard would be absent and specifically left at that time but then leaving the keys would be a clear sign that she was gone i don't know it, yeah i was a little unsure about that stuff uh murdering someone the inya <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad what a, I mean what, if you're going to have weird, to die to, to a song what a weird that's affect fun. yeah then they I there was that's the chilling things too like the point of view shots of Daniel Craig from inside the bag where he's suffocating and he can't he can see yeah. like a misty outline of this guy advancing and you're completely vulnerable your hands are above and like oh my god mm-hmm. like I was I was I was bracing myself for some light torture, like you know, like yeah. how many parts is he going to get? How many stabs is he going to take? But it turns out nothing. He, you know, uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo got there right on time. Yeah, to golf stop me clubs. Happen. Golf, golf clubs, clubs uh, teeth, Martin. chiclets flying. Yeah, and then and as soon chase. as the, as soon as the chase happened, I'm like, I I actually thought it was restraint and not have it actually happen on the bridge. They got like 50 uh-huh. feet off of the bridge. Yeah. But it to be the exact same situation. This guy trapped and it's full of gas, except for you know he's gonna he's gonna fry instead of being saved. Uh, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. And I was like, I thought they'd do something more with more interesting with the motorcycle chase because, like, he can't outrun her because she's on a motorcycle, which is much faster, right? Uh, much better acceleration. But but she sh- can't withstand the elements forever. She's freezing on that bike. That. And she can't like force him off the road. Exactly. Like, on, a, yeah. on a motorcycle, you can tail him, but like you are very vulnerable. And if he just wants um, to drive for two hours, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna die of hypothermia at some Probably, point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she yeah. wasn't wearing the gear; she didn't even have her helmet on. So like, yeah. But he was hurt pretty bad. He he was uh, hurt very bad. Yeah, which is yeah. why it felt fair that he crashes the thing. Like she yeah. she kind of pulls a fancy maneuver, like goes around him taunting him into trying to run her off the bridge and her acceleration is just so good that yeah. he misses it was man that was scary though because like he, when oh, she yeah. did that i'm like oh man if you've timed this wrong he's going to just smear you between his bumper and the the guardrail yeah Whew. it was a good chase i liked it it was a good chase and i actually um even though it did feel like a bonus half of a movie uh, or a novella, like, but the, the heist sequence was really interesting too, to see her like completely change trans transform and uh, you know, do all the practical uh, you know, human, human interface type hacking on the counts with all the information that she'd already gathered up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's interesting. Like she helped ruin this guy uh for for daniel craig and then as he said well he's going to be ruined might as well somebody get the billions of dollars in his account and i think Mm -hmm. she has all the i I was surprised that she didn't give break a little off for daniel craig like she returns the 50 grand she borrowed from him but that like there wasn't like a hundred million euro on top of it like hey you never have to worry about your magazine going bankrupt again just hey thanks for the loan and she, I'll get you a cool leather jacket. You can go ride with me sometime. She also distracts him from the news report about Mar or about Vernstrom uh, mm. at the same time that they're saying like all this money has been moved. 
Like mm. he's headed out the door. So he doesn't hear that the money has been moved to different accounts and maybe has an opportunity to connect those dots. I'm sure maybe later he would have, but yeah, in that moment he doesn't. So this is like a very innocent interaction between him and her where he doesn't realize what she's done. And she's not going to say what she's done, but here's your money right. back. So how'd the investment go? It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I made 4 billion euros off a $50,000 investment. That's a, that's a small moment of comedy. There's one other moment yeah. in this movie that I think is supposed to be funny, but in such a dark movie, it's the swastika, it's, right? No, Hilarious. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's the stuff with the record keeper um, where she's like, Oh, uh, I need access to, to this floor. Yeah. And the woman's like, no, you can't do that. They said just one floor. And she's like, call him. Yeah. And she does it. And then she needs something else. And she's like, well, I'm going home. I, I can't stay here all night. Call him. Mm-hmm. I, it's kind of funny, but boy, this movie is just stark. It does who not have call- much comedy. Who was she calling? It was, it, was she calling? Fro- uh, Scar- Froda. Fro- Frode? That's the guy's Frodo. financial or the his master major domo his yeah the guy who's kind of running the business yeah he's uh, uh, Alfred yes the, of, of their Wayne Manor okay uh-huh. all right that made sense because I kept on like at that point in the movie I was still medium suspecting him as being a bad guy yeah and he wasn't the guy pushing for them to get access to all the records either which was a little weird to me every time she said call him I'm like. She should probably I was like, be man, calling he might Martin be like, because he Martin's might be like, the guy who's pushing for it. Yeah, he might be like, enough is a fucking enough. Like you, you've had your exactly. like, this lady's got to come home. We're going to leave you in the building on you know unsupervised. For although that looks good. Ah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this yeah. is a perfect movie. I think there's a lot of like cruft and rough edges on this movie. But I wonder how much of it is a little lost because like, I, does the book hold? The, like, is the book? like really cross all of its its T's and I, dot all of its I's. I read or, a review that says this is more cohesive than the book. And I don't know if they mean, mean like thematically or if they mean, um, you know, plot wise. Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, I felt like there was definitely some edges that could have been sanded off this thing and, and not mm. like, you know, from a, from a like darkness perspective. I think all that stuff is fine. It's just, yeah, some, some weird angles on this story. Why? So I the one thing because so I I thought this movie bombed. No, no, no. Um, this movie made like two hundred and sixty million dollars, and I know it was like disappointing compared to like its pedigree and you know Daniel Craig and Fincher <laughs> sure, and all Fincher. that. Like you know they're expecting it to make three hundred fifty, but like it made its movie money back and then some. Fincher yeah. was interested in doing sequels. They had uh, uh, Rooney locked in. They had Craig locked in. Like, and I was reading the kind of behind the scenes, and it just seemed like it fell apart. And they, to this day, have still not adapted the other two sequels. They did the like prequel sequel that came out. The girl with the spider legs. Uh, I don't. I forget <laughs> what the. Uh, the girl in the spider's web or something like that. They uh-huh. they did that and they recast it. And like, I didn't, that just came out like two years ago. Uh, I didn't hear much about it, but why do you know yeah. anything about like what fell apart with this deal? I don't. Um, it's just amazing to me that they could even get Daniel Craig in, in movies like this, like, Bond. Why wow, he's also doing this other every right? two year Bond thing? Yeah, he's and it's not just like he might be busy, but like the image of Bond needs to be cleaner than this. I feel like MGM probably wants like the person playing Bond to not be doing crazy sex, rape, 
torture movies yeah. on the side. I don't know how he ever like convinced well, them that I, will I say, should just be able to do this movie. I will say that like it seems feels like Daniel Craig was trying to get out of being James Bond the second he signed James Bond, and yeah. maybe like he was doing stuff like this kind of to like flex, um, you know, on, on trying to wriggle out of the cuffs a little bit. Yeah, could um, be. And I know that like this movie got delayed at least once because of his Bond filming schedule. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's like it just kept on getting delayed and. I, but I don't know. I mean, it feels like you had all this talent lined up and you had the studio, you know, thinking ahead to locking people down to a three film film deal and it just fell apart. And I, I, I couldn't get, I, I didn't get the, the, and then there's at no point it felt like Fincher's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not going to do it now. Just like it after five or six years, people just, you know, they, they just, they just moved to something else. Yeah. This movie does have one of the most strained you and I are not so different after all kind of like with the scars guard saying that and like, cause I think the direct quotes like, you know, you and I aren't that different at all. It's just satisfying. My urges require more towels. I'm like, all oh, right, dude, no, you're nothing alike. Like the, what this, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> There's a big gap between, uh, I don't know, browsing through Pornhub and murdering people in your kill room. <laughs> yeah, constructing a lavish multi-million dollar kill room with gas chamber uh, and yeah, filming it and the, the and, science of a thousand details or whatever he said. Yeah, yeah. This is this is. Uh, I've heard I've heard a lot of tortured. You know, you and I are not so different or shadowy sides <laughs> the same coin. This must have been one of one of the most strained ones. It is exactly one detail going through my head when I'm jerking it, and it's not a kill room. No, no, it's not. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that's that'll do it. I think for the girl to dragon tattoo. Um, uh, Jim, what what are our patron executive producers wanting us to do uh, this next next prestige movie? Well, we kind of did a grab bag of previous uh, poll options. Consolation get, rounds. Yeah, yeah, didn't get voted in, and Wall Street won. It was two votes to the other three movies, one vote each. So not a huge margin here on the win, but it won. Lots of room for executive producers over on a patron is what you're saying. Oh yeah. You can, you yeah, can have an outsized voice if you want to, so. if you want to, you want to sign checks over a bald move. Uh, what are the executive producers next, uh, next uh, choices for upcoming film? They can vote on right now. Patreon.com slash bald move. We've got a star is born three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri darkest hour and get out. Interesting slate. Lots of good uh, contemporary options. We're going uh, mm-hmm. the recent past here. Um, yeah, so check those check those options out. If you're an executive producer or would like to become an executive producer at patreon.com slash bald move. And uh, we'll see what gets picked next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later, everybody.